Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of Grow With Soul. Today I'm talking about a topic that someone mentioned in a survey I shared, so if that was you, thank you for the great question. We are talking Instagram. So often it's the default when we think about marketing. It's the first place we think of to be able to talk about new products or share a piece of content or introduce changes. As consumers too, I know that if I hear about a business or someone is recommended to me, I go off and find them on Instagram as a first stop and I follow or I save a post in the app. So it's like my own little file of facts. (laughs) So Instagram is often our first and last resort when it comes to marketing our business, but we're always being told not to rely on it. What if Instagram disappears tomorrow? What do you have is what people like me always say. So you get it. (laughs) It's not good to have all your eggs in one basket, but how do you actually get the eggs out? How do you move people away from Instagram and onto your own channels? Here's how I approach marketing conundrums like this. Not with the result, i.e. moving people onto your newsletter list or your website, but with the problem. It's much easier to think of creative solutions when you come to solve a problem rather than force an action. So what's our problem here? It's not that no one is interested in your business because they're following and they're engaging on Instagram. They're interested. My view is that the real problem here is that we're asking them to leave a space they're happy and comfortable to go somewhere they don't know. So put yourself in your customer's position for a moment. You're there in the app, maybe for a few snatched moments of zone out time while the kettle boils, or maybe you're there to catch up on comments. Perhaps it's a well-deserved mindless scroll after a trying day. But they went to Instagram for a reason, even if that reason was the unconscious, habitual seeking out of the neurochemicals that are released when we spend time on that app. Our problem as business owners is that we are asking them to disrupt that action, to leave behind their zone out, their task, their chemical buzz, and to go somewhere else where they might not get those things. Couple this with the fact that Instagram makes it pretty hard. So if you don't have the swipe up function, then they have to navigate to your profile or a browser. So Instagram makes it pretty hard to actually leave the app. Then we start to see the problem from the customer's point of view. We are disrupting them in the middle of something that they are getting something good out of. So we need to ask a different question. How do we overcome the disruption for people to leave Instagram and come to your channel? I use the word overcome here because it's going to look different for different types of business and what communication style fits with you. It might be that you aim to to minimise the disruption. It might be that you want to make the disruption worthwhile. It might be that you want to maximise the disruption, play with it to get attention. So let's discuss these three scenarios and what they might look like. 
So firstly, minimise disruption. So you might ask the question, how do I minimise the disruption for people to come to my channel? This is where we're sneaking in and disrupting people without them realising they're being disrupted. So it might look like using a very short to the point call of action that they can do without getting out of their scroll. So like swiping up to add an email address in 10 seconds. Or it might be bringing as much of the information as possible to Instagram so that going over to your website feels like a natural progression. So I use this method actually when promoting my playbook course on Instagram stories. So a good chunk of the sales page I actually typed out onto stories templates so that people could read all the information there in the app without needing to leave with the aim being that they then felt more motivated and in the mindset to actively go and click the link to check it out. So think about some ways that you might be able to minimise the disruption of getting people to engage with you away from Instagram by making it really quick and helping it to feel in flow with what they were already doing on the app. The second thing is making the disruption worth it. So the question you're then asking is, how can I make the disruption worthwhile for people to come over to my website? So this is the approach that I tend to take because I want people to want to engage with my other channels. I want them to really want to read a blog post or listen to a podcast or sign up to my list. So here in this scenario, they don't mind being disrupted because what you're disrupting them with is so much better than the zoning out or the chemicals or whatever they were doing on Instagram. But in order for them to want to, they need a little bit more information. So I generally use a more breadcrumb method when using this approach. So while sending people to go straight to a product or an email sign up is efficient and to the point, you're going to get a lower volume of people coming over because they're just not in the headspace of that being worth something to them right then. There's not so much instant gratification, which is what they're getting in the app. Because a lot of people are on Instagram searching around for inspiration, I want to give them even better inspiration on my own channel. So I frequently share new blog posts and podcasts and not just using a swipe up link for everybody howling that they don't have a swipe up link. This did just as well by telling people to click the bio link in a caption as it does in the swipe up. So this disrupts their scroll because they think, well, that sounds really interesting. I need to check that out now before I forget. And then they're on my website. By using internal linking to other blogs in the post they're reading and using appropriate call to actions to products or email lists if it fits with that content, I can then keep them moving through the content on my website and eventually converting. The key here is in creating content in the first place that is unique and valuable enough to grab their attention, make them leave Instagram and then keep their attention. And the third option was maximising disruption. So you can be unapologetic about this disruption and make it a feature of your strategy. So basically saying, hey, you stop scrolling. So I'm thinking here about the audible ads with one orangutan playing on a phone and another one listening to The Art of War and completing a Rubik's Cube. So they always make me super conscious that I'm on my phone and could probably be doing something more worthwhile. Or you often get 
ads for mobile games where they kind of trial the game and it's maybe a brain training one or something and it provides a similar but different kind of experience that you were having with the scroll and you kind of think oh I'll go over there. It's hard to do this without passing a value judgment about phone use but that might be what's just right for your business. So maybe your target customer is somebody who takes phone detox or maybe one of your big selling points is getting people off social media, which could be true whether you're a life coach or you sell craft subscription boxes. So you may want to choose and stick to one of these methods for disrupting the scroll, or you may mix them up, which I tend to do, depending on the occasion and what feels right. Whichever strategy you go for, however, there are a few rules of thumb that apply for each. So first of all, make it clear what you want them to do. This is not the time for waffly, apologetic calls to action. It can feel awkward telling people what to do, but as humans online, we actually really like signposts. We like to be led by the hand and have a surety about where we're going. I know that people mock the old link in bio, um, in captions, but have you been on a website where the menu navigation doesn't work or there's not a hyperlink to a new page where you kind of expect one and you want to kind of click but it's not there? It throws you off a little bit and it feels frustrating and you leave the website because you can't make your way around it even though it's quite likely that the website owner thought, oh, it'd be obvious, you just click click there and there it goes. Don't want to patronise people. But a smooth process means there's less thinking time for the user and less opportunity for them to change their mind. It's the difference between them thinking, oh, that blog post sounds interesting. Now, where do I go to find it? Oh, they've not included a link. Oh, I have to go to their bio. Oh, actually, I can't be bothered. I've seen this thing over here. It's the difference between that and, oh, that blog post sounds interesting. There's the link. And then they're reading. Make your calls to action simple and to the point so they're recognisable as signposts to somebody scanning a caption and don't mix them up. A temptation can be to give people lots of options. So, oh, you can read it now over here or you can wait for it to come out in my email newsletter, which you sign up to over there. But that's just too much to compute and they just carry on scrolling because they're like, I don't know what you want me to do. So choose your call to action and own it. The second rule of thumb is to make it easy for them to find what they're looking for. So similar to the last point, it's got to be easy for them to find what they're looking for, but it's important to not overcomplicate this too. So one of my personal frustrations on Instagram is super specific Linktree links. Quite often I find an account that's caught my attention and I just want to go to their website, get the full experience, see what they're about. But their link tree is kind of crammed with links that go to external pages or lead pages and I just can't figure out how to get to their website and and I always just leave. So that's also the case for bio links, which are like shop the feed, but you can't shop anything else other than what's on their feed. So while I think there are some situations where Linktree type solutions are the right option, I think that 90% of the time they act as a barrier to getting people to your website. It's just another level of decision making for the customer to make of which one of those options to choose and another point at which they can give up and go and find something that's not mentally as testing. 
I much prefer a start here style page on your website. So I've got one in my Instagram bio if you'd like an example. I'd say that mine is probably a more complex version, but essentially you just want a page on your website where you can link to your latest blog posts, new products, basically anything that you'd put into a link tree. But crucially, the person is already on your website. If they can't find what they want in the links you've curated, the menu is right there for them to go and find it. Thirdly, provide clarity about what they're getting themselves into. We are wary online and especially when we're in a comfortable scroll in an app we trust, we want to be sure that it's worth our while clicking that link. Are we going to be asked for our card details or our email address straight away? Is this the kind of post I think it is? Is this really for me? As with all our marketing, we need to preempt the doubts and counteract them. This is the difference between sharing a story with new blog post and sharing one with a short paragraph of what the post is about. The latter option gives someone more clarity about what they're going to be getting into and that yes, it is for them. So eliminate the unknowns while still being enticing and inspiring. Lastly, be scroll stopping. Ultimately, this is the main aim. We've gone into some more complex ideas in this episode, but if you take one thing from it, this is it. Be scroll stopping. This is the starting point for getting people off of Instagram and over onto your channels. Be so interesting or insightful or entertaining or beautiful that you stop them in their scroll. What this looks like will vary from business to business and from person to person. In order to figure out what this might be for you, start with your target customer. Think about what they are doing on Instagram, who their favourite accounts are, what are they there in the app for? Are they lovers of quotes? Do they prefer interiors imagery? Are they more into captions and photos? Is a messy desk going to grab them more than a tidy one? So look at your most engaged with photos to give you an idea. Look at the counts that are inspiring to your customer. Ask your audience what kind of content they love on Instagram. And once you have some ideas and a bit of a formula, just go and do that on steroids. So if they like a quote post, then canva the crap out of a great quote. (laughs) If they like photos that feel cozy, then get that kettle on and star your sofa with your fluffiest blanket. If they love a neat geometric flat lay, then get yourself a ruler. So go flat out to give your target customer what they need to see to stop that finger. Then use the breadcrumbs of a succinct call to action and clarity of content to get them to tap through to your website. And just a reminder, you don't have to do this all the time. You don't have to strive to have better and better scroll stopping posts every time you put anything on Instagram. That's just not going to happen. So let's just not even entertain that as an objective. I think there is a tendency to want to always improve your numbers post after post after post. But that is a lot of pressure for a lot of potential disappointment. Instead, have specific jobs for each post. Yes, you'll have some standout photos that are going to be scroll stoppers. So the job you want them to do is to drive people over to your website. Some photos are not going to be as dramatic, but they may be the ones where you post a heartfelt caption and really connect with people. Or they might just fill a gap in your feed and that's okay too. 
Not every post or story is going to get someone off of Instagram, so have different expectations of those ones because they can do something equally as useful for your business. Finally, whenever you're pulling your hair out that you're not getting the traffic from Instagram, think about what makes you leave Instagram. What gets you clicking on bio links and swiping up? Pay attention to the people and posts you leave the app for and deconstruct it. How did they disrupt your flow and scroll? Was it the visuals or the words? Was it inspiring or matter of fact? Was it really quick and easy or were there breadcrumbs that you followed? And most importantly, once you've deconstructed it, how can you replicate it and put it back together in what you do? You can find the show notes for this episode on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason. As always, if you think you have a friend who'd really enjoy this episode, please do send them the link and share where you're listening online too. Until next time, I hope you grow a soul.